You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 79. Have you ever wondered how you can keep visitors on your website longer? In today's episode, I'm going to share why this is important for food bloggers in the first place, how you can optimize your website to keep visitors on it longer, and a tool that can make this even easier. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine Podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode, and I am just really happy that you are here listening to today's episode talking about how to keep visitors on your website longer. I've been really looking forward to being able to just sit down and record episodes again and really getting back into that routine and that habit. It's been a really good anchor in my week and my routine, and so I'm so happy that you're taking time to listen. My name is Madison Wetherill, and I am a web designer for food bloggers. We primarily work with our clients through our branding package, our designer for a day package where we go onto your website and really optimize it and get it up to where it needs to be after maybe years of neglect or years of putting on band-aids to different problems. It's really been a great way for us to jump in and really either fix those problems or help someone get a head start on getting started with a new theme and getting it customized so that it looks like it is a theme that is not just out of the box. There are so many themes that look all of the same and so this offer is really a great one for us to help you get a customized look, but on a smaller budget. And the final way that we work with our clients, which is primarily the way that we stay busy is through our custom web design package. And this has been one that we have really refined over the last year or so. My team and I have been working so hard on new systems and new processes for this. And it's just been one that has been really fun to see it come together and to really figure out what our clients need. And one of those things that we kept hearing over and over again from clients was a huge concern for them when they were redesigning their website. They were looking to improve site speed and really to tackle this issue of core web vitals that we have all been dealing with. And so I'm really excited to share that our web design package now does include a site speed audit after we launch, just to make sure that you are passing all of those core web vitals, that you are scoring in the high 90s for mobile and desktop use. And so it really is letting us feel super confident about the websites that we are launching for our clients, that they are in tip top shape and that they are going to pass with flying colors. And so If you have been struggling with your website, if you have been dealing with an outdated theme or site speed issues, and you know that it is time to invest in a new look and new functionality for your website, I would love for you to reach out and just get in touch with us to figure out if we're a good fit and to potentially get you on our schedule. We are going to quickly be booking into next year, which is always crazy to me, but I always love to share that because I know it can be discouraging for someone if they are really wanting to work with someone and then find that their wait list is longer than they anticipated or that they don't have a waitlist at all. I know a lot of service providers have had to kind of put their waitlist on hold while they catch up on work. And so that is one thing that we've been working really hard as a team to make sure that we have the capacity to serve more clients and be able to serve them well. And so if that's you, please reach out. You can always find out more about how we work with clients by going to graceandvinestudios.com and you can click on the services tab to see all of our different offers and how we work with food bloggers like you. 
Okay, with all of that out of the way, one more quick announcement that I wanted to share is that in August, so in just a few weeks, I'm going to be doing an Ask Me Anything episode. So in this episode, I'm going to be taking the questions that you guys have been submitting and I'm going to be answering them on the podcast and really diving deep into topics based on what you guys ask. So if you have questions about web design or what theme to use, what host to use, different things like that, any lingering questions that you've had, I would love for you to head over to thevinepodcast.com and submit those there. There's a form at the bottom of the page that you can do that. Or you can always reach out on Instagram and share your question there. And I will make sure to answer as many as I can on that episode. I'm gonna try to do that every couple of months and see how that goes because I think it will be fun to just cover different topics that I might not want to cover in a full episode, but I can make Maybe spend five or ten minutes answering that question for you. Okay, so let's get into this conversation about how you can keep visitors on your website longer. Now, the analogy that I think works really well for this is really thinking about the experience that you have at certain stores. So if you have ever gone into Target needing just one thing, maybe you needed a toothpaste or a birthday card, and all of a sudden you're in the checkout line leaving Target and you find that you have now spent $100 on 10 items that you didn't even know that you needed. Well, that is exactly the experience that we are trying to create on our websites. When someone comes to your website for one recipe, let's say chicken pot pie, we wanna create an experience for them that will keep them on your website longer. And instead of just getting that one recipe and bouncing back, they're going to fill their cart with recipes and resources that will keep them coming back for more. Now, the first step to really being able to tackle this question and figure out how to keep people on your website longer is that we have to understand why someone ended up on your website to begin with. Now, your initial thought might be that they just typed something into Google or Pinterest and your blog came up, but I want you to think a little bit deeper than just how they physically got to your website. You know, they had a search query, they clicked on a link and they ended up on your site. Why were they searching for that particular search query in the first place? So if it's a chicken pot pie recipe, maybe they're looking for foods that are comforting and cozy. Maybe they're preparing a meal for a friend who just had a baby. If it is a gluten-free muffin recipe, maybe they're just now learning to bake with gluten-free flours. If it's a grilled chicken recipe, maybe they are hosting a barbecue and they need more recipes that can go with that main dish. Once you can really infer the intention behind the search, you can start to create a user experience through your website and through that post specifically that will benefit your audience. And in the long run, it will benefit you too. There are really many ways that you can optimize the different pages on your site and even just your single post to really help to keep people on your website longer, but it really helps to get in their head before you even start to think about what you would add onto your site to help them stick around. It's really important to grasp this because if you just throw a bunch of links onto your website or onto your blog post and you're trying to get people to click around more, you may find that that's not really working very well because it's not really capturing the attention of your readers and why they ended up on your site or on a specific recipe to begin with. So let's talk about why we need to keep visitors on your website longer. And there's really a few reasons for that. Some that benefit your reader and some that benefit you. So the first thing is that people are just busy in general. We live in a very fast paced society and it's very common for users to just come to your site to grab the recipe that they came for and then to leave your site. This is why people get complaints about people, food bloggers specifically, telling these long-winded, irrelevant stories. It's because people are too busy to sift through that. Now, we can have our own opinions about that, but at the end of the day, we know that our readers in general want to get straight to the meat of the recipe. 
However, if you can really capture them in a way, you're going to be able to benefit you and the reader, like I mentioned. So for you, if they're coming from Google or Pinterest, the fact that they're staying on your website and they're not just bouncing back to the search result is really going to signal to those search engines that your site is a good match for that query, which is in the long run going to hopefully raise you up in rankings and bring more people to your site. A second reason that this really benefits you is that if you're running ads, this is going to help you with more ad revenue. If someone stays on your site longer, it means more ad impressions, which means more money in your pocket. Now for your reader, this actually helps them because it will help them to rely on your website as a trusted resource and it will make them want to come back to your site in the future, which will benefit you as well. Now I have a couple examples of this, of food blogs that I don't follow necessarily what they talk about. If it's a specific diet that I don't follow, but I've had recipes that I really love from that site. And because I like those recipes, I end up clicking around and finding more recipes that I like that again, are not a diet that I necessarily follow, but because I have a good experience the first time, I'm likely to come back to try to have more good experiences. And it's the same for your readers. If they stay on your website and they make one of your recipes and they have a good experience making it, they're most likely going to come back and find another recipe that they want to make and really what we're talking about here is creating a really easy path for them to find more recipes that they might like. So I'm going to walk you through three different ways that you can keep people on your website longer. So the very first way that you're going to do this is to have a very clear call to action. If you wanna go into a more deep dive on this topic of having a clear call to action, you can head back and listen to episode 68, where I talked about 11 different ways that you can have a call to action or an alert for someone to do something on your website. And that is a really great listen if you haven't listened to it before, but just to give you a couple of quick examples, this can be things like linking to your recipe index. So if you put this really close to your recipe card, it becomes a really natural next step for somebody who is enjoying your recipe. If they want to dive in more, your recipe index hopefully is set up well to where they can really dive into more content. I also have another episode on your recipe index if you want to check that one out. Another great example is putting a subscribe form in your content so that you can capture people to your newsletter or you can highlight a freebie that would hopefully help your reader. So this is going to work really well if you have a strategic freebie that ties well into your content. You can promote that within your blog post, again, kind of near your recipe card, and that can be a great way to convert someone and hopefully bring them back to your website in the future. You might also want to have a call to action to buy a digital product. If you have an ebook or a masterclass that you sell, this can be a great way to hook the person in and get them to take that next step. You might also want to promote one of your categories. So if you have the chicken pot pie recipe, maybe you're promoting your other easy weeknight dinners. Finally, you can encourage them to follow you on Pinterest or to share your recipe to their Pinterest board so that they can find it for the future. Now you're not going to have all of these call to action buttons or links in one post, but these are ones that you can put into your content and reuse these in different ways in order to help people really take that next step. Now the second way that you can keep people on your website longer is to share helpful content within your blog post. So I have a whole nother episode that's about how to make your blog posts longer and I dive a lot into some of these things, but basically you want your blog post to be a resource for people. So if I come to someone's site and I'm looking for chicken pot pie, I want to make sure that I know everything I need to know about making that chicken pot pie recipe. I want to know what kinds of substitutions I can make. I want to know if there's any special ingredients that I might not be familiar with or I may not have on hand. 
I also want to know if there's any recipe pairings that would make sense. So if this is a recipe where a salad pairs really well, or there's a dessert that I can use the leftover biscuits from, it is really helpful to know those things. And so linking to that type of content within your recipe is really great to help your reader take that next step. This is also really great for SEO because interlinking content is always going to be a signal to Google that whatever content you're linking to is also good content. You also can include pro tips. So this is really going to depend on your audience and what kind of tips that they need, but really think about the person who is coming to your site and what it is that they're looking for. So again, if they're looking for that easy weeknight dinner, maybe your pro tip is how you can make this recipe even faster. So if it's a recipe that takes, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe you share some tips to help them simplify the recipe and make it quicker on a weeknight. Lastly, if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about brand messaging and this is a really great way to lengthen your content and help people to really resonate with your content as well. So brand messaging is really just the language that you use to describe your blog, describe the food that you share, describe your overall mission to your readers. And so these are ways that you can really help them to understand what to expect from your site. So again, if someone is coming right from Google or Pinterest, they really have zero knowledge of your site. This is the first time that they're experiencing it and you really want to make your blog shine. You really want them to understand what they can expect if they stick around. And so brand messaging can help you do that. The last way that we're going to keep people on our website longer is that we are going to stop their scroll. So we already talked about how when someone comes to your site, they are looking for your recipe card. That's why they came to your site and they have their eye set on that. And I want you to think about how they find that recipe card in the first place. What is it that is different about the recipe card? Typically, it stands out from the rest of their content. It stands out from the photo text pattern that makes up 90% of your blog post. And so in order to stop someone's scroll while they're on the blog post, we wanna have things that will break up that pattern and really help certain areas of content to stand out. So some examples of where you might use this is some of the things that we've already talked about. So in your call to action sections, or when you are trying to get someone to take action, using this idea of stopping their scroll and making the content stand out is a really great way for people to notice it, read it, and then decide if they're going to take action. You can also use things like buttons or a section of text that has a colored background behind it. You can use larger text. Another awesome way that you can break up some of the content is to use columns in order to be able to have multiple photos side by side instead of having them all vertically aligned. And this can be a great way to do things like your process photos and things like that, or just to have multiple photos in a row will just look different and help someone just stop as they're scrolling to see it. The thing to remember about this is even if they're using a jump to recipe button to get to that recipe card, as their computer is scrolling down, they're going to see some of these areas. They're going to see pops of color. They're going to see things that look different. And there is a chance that they're going to scroll back up and see what it's all about. A lot of people will end up just jumping to the recipe to see what ingredients are in it. And then they'll end up scrolling back to the top to read through the blog post or to at least read and see if there's anything that they need to know. And this is really important to note because as people are skimming through your content, these sections that look different are going to be attractive to them and they're going to slow down and potentially read it and then potentially take action. So if you're not a web designer, which I know most of you are not, this may seem like a really daunting task. We went from having, you know, texts and photos to now we're talking about having 
colored backgrounds and call to action sections and all of those kinds of things. And that might seem like it would be really difficult to do unless you have significant knowledge of web design. But I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that there is a tool that can make this really easy. And I've talked about this tool quite a few times on the podcast, but it is built right into WordPress and that is the Gutenberg editor. Now, if you're not using Gutenberg yet, that is totally okay. I know that it's taking some people some time to warm up to it, but I promise you that Gutenberg makes it so much easier for you to add in these different elements that we've talked about to keep people on your website longer. So it's really having two benefits. It's helping you to keep your website visitors on your blog longer, and it's also helping to make your process easier because it makes it easier to add these fun things in without having to stress about how to do them or knowing coding or anything like that. With Gutenberg, you're really able to style and customize your blog post content to add that visual interest and to stop your readers in their scroll. Now, if you are not using Gutenberg yet, you basically have until 2022 to be able to figure out how to master this new editor system. Basically, it will completely replace the classic editor by that time. And so that means that there is just a short amount of time to learn how to use this. And that is exactly why I created my course, Simplify with Gutenberg, which is really designed to help you streamline and simplify your blog post process. And the best part is that you don't have to have an extra tool or an extra plugin on your site. It is all built right into the site and it's really making things so much more efficient. We've had over 80 students who have been in the course who have been able to convert their old blog posts from classic to Gutenberg, who have been able to really save so much time as they're creating content. One of the things that I walk you through in the course is how to create a blog post outline. And really this becomes like a template that you can reuse every time you start a new blog post and you can have those built-in sections already ready to go. All you have to do is plug in the information. And this alone has saved people hours of time as they are building their blog posts. So some of the other modules that are a part of this course are how to switch over to Gutenberg if you're not using it, how to really understand the different block settings, how to create that blog post outline that I just mentioned, and then how to create reusable blocks without needing to do any advanced coding. So really creating things that you can plug and play into your blog post without having to know anything about web design at all. So if you are wanting to streamline your blog post process, you're wanting to keep people on your website longer, then I would love for you to check out this course. You can do that by checking out the show notes or you can go to graceandvine.com simplify to see what all is included in the course and see if it's a good fit for you and sign up. I'm really excited for this course because it has really helped people to streamline their process with a tool that's already built into WordPress. And I just think that is really awesome that you don't have to go outside of what already exists. I've seen the back end of so many sites that are using using page builder plugins and lots of plugins to be able to have extra functionality. And so this is really awesome that this is built in and it is super easy to use once you get used to it. So I hope that you will take some of these ideas and I hope that you will implement them on your site and start seeing the average dwell time on your site go up to see people coming back to your site and hopefully to see some of those call to action buttons working for you, seeing people subscribing to your newsletter more and all of that. I think this is a really important thing to think about when you are working on your blog post content so you can really figure out what would the next step for someone be and how do I want them to stay on my website longer? You don't necessarily want them to just stay on your recipe page forever. You want them to click around because I think the more people click around on your site, the more likely they are to take that action step of making your recipe or following you on Instagram or signing up for your newsletter, whatever it is that your main goal is and that you've implemented onto your site. It's so much more likely that they will do that once you have 
have really thought through what that step is for them that you want them to do after they make your recipe or after they check a recipe out. Like I mentioned, check out the show notes in your podcast app to see the different episodes that I mentioned and then to check out the course Simplify with Gutenberg and I hope that you will join us in that course and you will learn to really streamline your blog post process to save you time so that you can spend that extra time doing whatever it is that you want to do. Thank you so much for listening today and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.